You're listening to All In, a women's sports podcast on WFUV Sports. I get chills every time I hear the intro. I think, you know, I love all of WFUV's podcasts, of course, equally. Um, But I think as far as intros go, this has got to be up there with the best. It's quality. It's it's good. Whose voice was that at the end, too? Maddie's. Maddie's. That was Maddie's. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, Julia Moss. Joined with Annabelle Watson and James Burley, we've got Ralph Barbieri in the back alongside uh, Jack Warner, who just walked in. What's up, Jack? Um, <laughs> giving, giving a good thumbs up there. Um, but we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, a lot of soccer. A lot, a lot of soccer. And I'm always super happy to talk soccer. And then we're going to finish it up with some Coco Golf talk. She just won the U.S. Open. Incredible run. I was there for, for one of her matches. And then... We're going to finish with a fun segment that we're going to wait until the end to start talking about. <laughs> Surprise segment. It's, it's so unserious. It was my idea, guys. It, it was James. It was, it's so unserious, so I don't want to lose any viewers that we have by saying it right now. You'll just have to wait and see. But first, the Ballon d'Or nominees have been released, and I have thoughts. I mean, Alexia Puteas usually like has been winning the past couple years, but her ACL injury really has knocked her out of any chance of winning this year. So it makes way for a new winner, and it makes the competition, I think, a lot more close and strong. And James, I'll start with you. What were you? You see the nominees. What are your first thoughts? So we were talking about this before, right? And I was saying mostly how I didn't have any major gripes with players being left off you had one particular one I'm gonna, and I'm not going to say who it is I want I know you have a big piece you'd like to say about it and I'm going to let you but for the for the most part I was satisfied with this list it's highlighted at least from our perspective by only one American name and that's Sophia Smith and I can't argue with that in, in, in years past I would have said this list should be predominantly American but it's very much predominantly Spanish and I think for good reason they won the World Cup without some of their better players and some of their players who didn't even play in that team are on this list as well so uh, just absolutely ridiculous how talented and just how remarkable Spain got in just such a short amount of time. Um, disappointing from the U.S. perspective, but I think there's one clear front runner in this group too, in Aitana Bomati, and uh, I think she's going to run away with it in the voting. And if she doesn't, it would be I think unfair. Uh, I don't know who else <laughs> you could make a case for fully. Um, it ha- would probably have to be someone from that Spanish World Cup winning team. Right. But that also brings another discussion that I think we're going to get into, just how important are team achievements to winning what should be a personal award. Yeah, I mean, I echo James's thoughts for the most part. I think Bonamonti is probably going to run away with it. And I do think it is great that Spanish players are getting this individual recognition because, you know, last last time I was on All In, we had a 
extensive discussion about the whole Spanish debacle. And I think that it's overshadowed them winning the World Cup in a way. Mm -hmm. And I think they're getting some of the recognition they deserve here. Um, But obviously we have some English players on the list as well, which I'm sure (laughs) Julia will have something to say about. Um, And like James said, you know, it's definitely shows a kind of turning of the tide that you only see one American player on this list. Definitely, you know, something to look out for and hopefully the U.S. can build this program back up. Um, But, you know, really, I think the most important thing from this list is that these Spanish players are getting the recognition and obviously we'll get into that conversation more. But I think we're going to look to see Bon Mati uh, take it away. Yeah, I I mean I I'm on the same page with you guys. Bamati deserves to win this year, um, but I do have a major gripe with uh, one specific player not making this nominations list, and that is Kira Walsh. Because you look at this list, and it is a lot of Spain, deservedly so, and it's a lot of England as well. And I think there's a lot of players nominated who are not better than Kira on both national and club level. You look at players like Millie Bright. She's the captain of the team. She is an incredible player. I'm not downplaying how great she is, but I think Kira Walsh is a better player. Rachel Daly, same exact situation. It's it's tough because I in my heart and and what I and I feel like I know soccer pretty well. Kira <laughs> Walsh is a top 3 and I don't think she's 2 or 3 holding midfielder in in the entire world. And she had a great World Cup. She got injured, came back just after one game being missed and still played the full 90 minutes the rest of the the rest of the world cup and made it all the way to the final so i don't know why she's not nominated i i don't feel strongly about Haley razzo making this list i don't feel strongly about katie mccabe making this list um but all in all like nominees are nominees i feel like it's pretty obvious who is going to actually win so you know it's cool to be nominated but at the end of the day She's she wasn't gonna win the Ballon d'Or <laughs> even if she was nominated, so I can't be too upset. I feel like as long as Bamati wins the Ballon d'Or, all is good. But that that takes me to my next question that I want to talk to you guys about, and that is this year's Ballon d'Or is being given out on the back of a World Cup uh, being completed. And James mentioned that you see a lot of players that are you have to think they're on this list largely because of their World Cup performance, but. How do you guys balance in your mind what's deserving when you're comparing club performance, World Cup performance, or just being in a World Cup? Does the, do the nominee makers, the people who decide the nominees, put too much emphasis on World Cup performance over uh, club performance? I, I think yes, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for that, and it's because the World Cup is the greatest sporting competition on the face of the <laughs> earth. And Agreed. So it's, it's kind of hard to, to not point to that massive event albeit it's only seven games but you point to that event and you say if you came up and you were the best player here it's very hard to say you weren't the best player in the world that year so I understand that but I look back at the four times they've awarded the Ballon d'Or in women and I look at 2019 specifically where Megan Rapinoe won it uh, by a landslide over Lucy Bronze and I don't think Megan Rapinoe was a better player than Lucy Bronze that year, but I completely agree. happened to I completely have agree. a monster World Cup, won the golden ball, won the golden boot, and probably deserved at that point. Uh, it, you couldn't make a case against it for her to win the Ballon d'Or, even though I think Lucy Bronze was probably a better player. That said, I think that sort of followed the trend on both the men and women's side, where if you 
happen to win the biggest competitions of that year, you get a slight edge. But that's what the best players do is they win. So it, it, I think it's really hard to, to, to draw the line at a certain place. But ideally, you should be looking at individual achievement for individual awards. And I think no matter which way you cut it, um, this year we're in a good position uh, on the women's side where Aitana is going to win it regardless because she won every single competition <laughs> she played in while also having 40 goal contributions at the club level with like I think 21 goals and 19 assists mm -hmm. so we don't have to worry about uh, mudding the waters here but I think it's been a problem before in the past and I think down the line we're going to see these discussions especially during World Cup years right uh whether or not the Ballon d'Or is truly deserved. And I think you make you made a really good point there in the 2019 uh, Ballon d'Or contest because as someone who supports the U.S. Women's National Team, of course, first and foremost, <laughs> yes, number one. But England there second. That was a huge point of contention for me, like just mentally. Like, like I'm so happy Megan Rapinoe won because she is, you know, the best was the best American player in that in that year. But I am such a fan of Lucy Bronze as well that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it's like watching like your two favorite people like they, they weren't like fighting each other. But they're like their fan bases were fighting <laughs> each other. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. But uh, Annabelle, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, I I really think that it is hard to not have recency bias, obviously, um, when you're on a world stage, it's very easy to look at that and say okay you're the best player um obviously i you want to separate the two to some extent but it's hard not to um and atiana has been the best player you know in club play and world cup play so it's pretty easy i think this year's a, you know unique situation because she's kind of running away with it but um you know in in coming years it's definitely a conversation that's gonna continue happening but it's hard not to when the world cup is on such a big stage and the stakes are so so high absolutely we're gonna stick on the topic of just national team soccer and move over to the closer to home actually home itself u.s women's national team because they just released their their roster for their upcoming camp and matches against south africa and not a lot of changes um i think the changes that were made were good which is a uh, change of pace for my opinions on the united states women's national team uh no surprise there considering the one change that was made on the manager level was the head manager vladko andonofsky but see ya Yep, <laughs> echoed, retweet. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of the same uh, from the World Cup. Uh, do you have any? Are there any just like general surprises from you, James? The the it just feels so weird that like this team was just playing in a World Cup, yeah, like a month and a week ago, you know. So f to to have to reflect that quickly and come with a very very similar squad is <laughs> is what surprised me because there's only two players who were at the World Cup that are not on this team, and that's Sophia Smith. And Christy Mewis, Christy Mewis, who is injured, so there's there's not really a whole lot of give there. Mm -hmm. um, I I'm surprised that this team looks as similar to the team we saw at the World Cup as it does. But like you mentioned, this they didn't have enough time to like wrap in few players, and with the playoff push coming in the NWSL season, I'm sure not a lot of NWSL teams are very. Uh, thrilled about letting players go at this moment because the most important parts of their seasons are coming up, and that's totally understandable. Mm -hmm. So. I, I was mostly just a little surprised by how similar it was, but again, also not because of all those reasons. This, the uh, the one thing that I that I have a gripe with mainly is that while Kilgore is in there as the interim, the rest of the staff is still the same, more or less, from what it was under Vladko. And I think 
that is something that they're going to have to uh, fix sooner rather than later. Before before you even bring in new players to introduce in your next four-year cycle, you have to make sure you have people who are going to be committed to the same identity. And it starts as soon as you can. So I think they once they get down their new staff and they get a new manager, then you can start thinking about um, tactics and players you want to get involved. So uh, I don't know if we're going to look at, at the end of this window at these two matches and really learn a whole lot of right. new things. But, you know, I guess it really is just more of an opportunity uh, for Julie Ertz and, and Megan Rapino to get their curtain call, tip their cap to the crowd. And I, I think for both of those players, they've certainly earned that recognition. Yeah, uh, the NWSL kind of like marches to the tune of their own drum because they just like they don't in European soccer and pretty much every other league, they kind of set their club schedules up with FIFA windows. So you're not missing. There's a problem in, in, M- in MLS, too, yeah. because they run the weird calendars. And it causes situations like this where you have and same thing in October. Like that's when the NWSL playoffs mm-hmm. literally yeah. are. So. Uh, it, it's going to be tough to try and balance, you know, players wanting to get U.S. women's national team experience, especially if you're a player like Sam Coffey, Ashley Hatch, who's like very young in your career, Ashley Sanchez, who needs mm-hmm. that experience, but also are the captains and the leaders of their club teams. And, you know, they only get called up once every, you know, so often, especially when they're that young. But the NWSL has been their constant uh, for years and years and years. So to have to miss out or to have to decide whether to miss out on playoffs or play U.S. Women's National Team soccer is an avoidable thing that the NWSL should definitely start and the MLS. Apparently, I didn't even know about the MLS has the weird schedule oh, as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's it, definitely something they should. Messi, Messi might miss as many as three games uh, right now because of his time with Argentina. So Inter-Miami yeah, and Apple TV, not too thrilled about that. <laughs> I can mm. imagine, but... Um, and T- not ticket prices dropped though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not too many surprises for me. I'm happy to see Ashley Hatchback in the lineup. I'm happy to see Tierna Davidson get called back up. I feel like those are two players that should have been in the initial World Cup roster. Um, mm. but just in general, just like for people who follow the U- U.S. Women's National Team, I think something we can look forward to is that you know a lot of time the World Cup was quite a significant amount of time and now we're on the other end of it and looking forward we're going to get Katarina Macario back we're going to get Mallory Pugh or Mallory Swanson back things are going to look up and Vlad Gwinanowski is no longer coaching this team I'm really excited about the future I I am too and the one thing I will say this is this is the window now for players like Savannah DeMello Ashley Sanchez uh And I guess you can even make a case for Trinity Rodman and Ashley Hatch, who's coming in, not being there at the World Cup. This mm-hmm. is your time. Now, This is it starts with you guys. This is your generation, your era. It's your team now. So I think this these games, while it's the same opponent twice, it's mostly the same team. There's a few players here that are in specific scenarios where they could really set themselves apart from the pack and become the new leaders of this group because this is a transitional period. It's, it's not a comfortable one because... You know, no one expected them to uh, crash out the way that they did. Even though we 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 <laughs> might have been we might have been suspicious, <laughs> but we no one no one no oh, one I was suspicious. No one uh, no one actually fully thought that it w- they would play well, four games and be done. <laughs> well, if you go back and listen it to all in, did it still <laughs> shock you though? It definitely. I mean, there you go. It's it's it, a lot of a lot of emotions. Honestly, yeah. I I said on all in before the World Cup, I said this team is not winning a World Cup, and I was right. You and were right. 
You were right. I was super pessimistic, and maybe maybe it's my fault. Maybe they lost the World Cup because I didn't believe. But we're on the other side now. We digress at this we, point. We digress. And the last thing I'll say about this roster is you mentioned Christy Mewis is not on this, uh, this call-up list. And it's a little concerning because I watched this TikTok. Uh, I forget who it was, but they made a good point of, like, the more vague a team and a player is about their injury, the worse it probably is. You look at players like Tobin Heath, who has been out of the league for a year and a half almost, and we still don't really know what her injury is. Same, I'm, I hope I'm not getting the same vibes from Christy Mewis, but, like, we just know it's a leg injury. They're not really saying anything about, you know, the timetable of return that she's just working back from a leg injury. She's not with she's with the team in Gotham, but she's not playing. She's not um, going to be available for tomorrow's matchup. But James, what do you think? Like, if this turns out to be more of a long term thing, where does this leave her? Because she's 31, 30, 32. 31. She's thirty two. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of time left uh, playing career wise. Where does this leave? You know, just not only for her but for Gotham and the US. Yeah, I, I think it, I, it's it's definitely a bigger current issue at the moment for Gotham who have yeah. arguably the biggest match of their season tomorrow a loss could put them out of the playoff run and a win could put them as high as first I think yep. so there's a lot at stake and it's against their biggest rival um, a regionally a big rival as well against the Washington Spirit who are a great team that also have so many players called <laughs> up to the national team as well so obviously there's going to be a lot of uh, personal rivalries is there but Chrissy Muse is a massive massive player for Gotham much much more so than for the United States. So I think it's definitely a bigger pressing issue at the club level. Yep. However, Christy Muse is one of those players that sort of I, I, I rope her in with Kelly O'Hara, not just for a Gotham connection, that kind of transcend their age with the way that they play. Right? They just It's all out effort, 90 minutes, or however long they're on the pitch for. They're those types of players who will give you everything they've got. And as someone who you know knows what it's like to get a serious injury to your legs that sort of play style when you come back it's it's very difficult to be at that level to play at the pace that a player like Christy Mewis always plays she's always she's a go-getter that's the just her game she mentality monster so I, I I'm not worried about this being the end just yet right but I do think it's going to be so difficult to come back and play the way she expects to play um, not, and that's not going to take anything away from her. I think a, a spot in the lineup for Gotham is going to be waiting for her when she returns from oh, injury, sure, yeah. uh, no matter how serious it may be. But I think it's 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 time to start asking questions now about who's going to fill that void in the leadership role specifically. Yeah, because uh, that's a big voice on the field too. A hundred percent. I mean, she's she's been an incredible player for for Gotham this season and last. You know, she was there for the tough parts, and now she has a good team around her mm-hmm. and, a, and a good. A great manager, Juan Carlos Amoros, is incredible. But we're gonna we're gonna stick to national, international level soccer for just one more segment because Spain is still in the headlines, as we mentioned before. They are still refusing call ups. Um, they still feel like there's you know structural and systemic change that needs to be made, which totally fair. If you know, you you, we know what's public, but at the same time, if this is what's public and they're still refusing call-ups, I have no doubt that there's other things going on behind the scenes that um, that we just don't know about. And Annabelle, we can start with you on, on just thoughts of, of this whole, how the situation's uh, progressed to this point. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, they have every right to do whatever they want to do with right. what they have gone through. Um, I've said it many times on this podcast. I think 
one of the worst things about this is that they got the victory of the World Cup kind of taken away from them because it was totally overshadowed by this entire scandal. And so if they want to continue protesting, that's fine. Julia, I think you make a very great point that what's been made public has been made public. There are probably so many other things going on that, you know, might not be coming out because players are too afraid to say it. They don't they don't want to say it or it's too personal to say Mm it. And that's that's tragic. And I think if they want to continue protesting, that's fine. And, you know, we look forward to the future for them and hopefully they can make those structural changes um, that are necessary. In in this window, while the U.S. are playing a couple of friendlies, Spain have two Nations League matches yeah. that are probably, I guess, going to be abandoned because no one's accepting call-ups and for well, good they've, reason. They've completely replaced this lineup before. I have no doubt that they'll probably they'll go in, that way again. They'll, I guess they'll scab their way through the I Nations mean, League group stage. They, but they beat America with it last year. I, I, we didn't have to go back to that. <laughs> but, sorry, sorry, sorry. But no. Uh, <laughs> This is the, is the the whole issue is so shocking to me how how quickly it overtook the triumph that was the World Cup mm-hmm. because it was such a terrific achievement given what had already happened controversially before the World Cup even started with as many as 12 players not in the team and half the players seemingly already hating their coach yeah uh, probably more than half like half openly hating their coach and disagreeing with their federation on a moral level all of the bef- all of this way before the world cup ever started and they still managed to win it and the players were terrific they they did things that no one has ever seen at a world cup before they played such beautiful football the entire time and everybody took notice and everybody was saying all these great things and we it, it, I, I don't think we've forgotten about it and i'd like i hope that we haven't but now that we're all we're talking about is just Rubiales and yeah. and what a terrible person he is. Like I, like I, I want to get the guy that like, dude, just shut your mouth, bro. Yeah. Like you are the worst. Everyone does not like that guy. Okay. And the whole the whole bringing like his mother into it, being like he's a good man. Like I, I'm tired she of that. She was like on a hunger strike or yeah, something. Yeah, the hunger like, strike thing. Like, look, I'm tired. Like, okay, don't eat. Like, right. no one told you. Like, <laughs> oh what? God. Like, dude, like what? Why are you, like don't go to so bat? Like, I I couldn't I couldn't believe the amount of people that were going to bat for that guy. Right, uh, it was unbelievable and good on Jenny Hermoso getting a restraining order. Yeah, I think yeah. that was long yes. overdue. Uh, frame it too because that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean you make a great point about you know what is Spain going to do moving forward. My guess is that they're going to just bring up youth players and you know players who you know, uh, who are playing within Spain's uh, domestic league. That wouldn't surprise me at this point. Nothing. I mean, Spain, the the top people at Spain have just like consistently surprised me over and over again. So I'm just like numb to it. I'm just like, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. And I just hope at the end of the day, the players come out victorious and there's structural change and things like this don't happen anymore. But we're going to transition to the domestic side of things. Starting, uh, we're going to start overseas and then make our way back to America. Arsenal crazy crazy time to be a fan of arsenal it's it's very much like a lot of good is happening and a lot of bad is happening at the same time they they're not going to make the champions league they're not playing champions league football this year they lost to paris city or no paris fc my apologies um it was a crazy game they went down 0-2 uh came back tied at 2-2 then they went down 3-2 and then tied at 3-3 and then they lost in penalty kicks so um 
they what's so crazy is that they're like Alessia Russo, one of uh, the top players in the world, came to Arsenal because she wanted to play Champions League football. Missed the penalty. And missed the penalty. Scored two goals, though. Exactly. <laughs> you can't be like that upset because <laughs> with a game yeah. that tied 3-3, if you're scoring two of those three, you're like literally dragging your team to the PKs. Um, just cruel for her to miss um, a PK there to to make it, you know, all super worth it. But um, at the end of the day, they haven't suffered too much from it because Kira Cooney-Cross just signed with Arsenal, the Australian international. So now Steph Catley, Katie McCabe, and now Cooney-Cross are all going to be on Arsenal. It's a, it's a little bit of an Australian takeover. It is a little bit of an Australian takeover. And, you know, that's what happens when you host a World Cup. Yep. Things, good things start <laughs> happening uh, to your players. You start to grow the game a little bit more. Not that Australia were, you know, really needed to grow the game all that greatly. They have a terrific roster. They have the best player in the world, arguably. Mm-hmm. I know we just we just threw a lot of flowers to <laughs> Itana, but I'm going to throw some back to uh, Christy Mewis's partner. That's yep. the only way I know her. <laughs> and um, as as for Arsenal, I will say that that is, it's a disaster of pretty big proportions. Yeah. As far as as far as things go, every team at the top half of the English table is circling the Champions League yeah. uh, before the season starts. And it's the closest thing to a World Cup. And it, but it's it's I will give I will give credit where it's due because it's so hard to actually win the Women's Champions League mm-hmm. comparatively because you don't go straight to the group stage even if you win your league. You have to go to the qualifying rounds. So that means you're 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 sending it to the soccer heavens for 90 minutes. You have to win a match just to be in the group stage. Even a team Arsenal, Chelsea, and United, who I believe were the top three teams in England, who all had passes to go to. Then uh, qualifying rounds, and then uh, they still have to. Uh, United and Chelsea still have to play their way into the group stage. It's it's so so much. It's made so much more difficult than it needs to be, and it's made so much harder. But at the end of the day, when you're playing Paris FC and it's a one-off game, and you are that much better than them, you're putting that much more money into your squad. Yeah, you have to come away with the win. You have to figure it out. And I'll give a lot of credit again to. Unless you're Russo for scoring two goals, but oh, the penalty. Yeah, man. Uh, and speaking of Arsenal and Manchester United, they're in a bit of a battle right now. Uh, <laughs> end of the transfer window in the Women's Super League just ended, and Mary Earps was the, con- the, uh, the subject of a lot of conversation. Uh, she wants out of Manchester United, apparently is, quote, very unhappy, doesn't want to be there. Um, but Manchester United is refusing to let her go for any price, and they really mean that because Arsenal submitted, I believe, two bids and both broke goalkeeper records um the last record was in the nwsl kaylin sheridan going to the san diego wave i forget what the price is but apparently that blew that right out of the water Mm. and it's i think manchester united is being run very poorly because they're a terribly run club alessia russo did the same thing she said i want out of manchester united or let me transfer let me transfer let me transfer they said nope and now they just let her go for free the same literally the same thing is about to happen with mary herbs i you would think they would learn from that specific situation and they're having the golden opportunity to make this right and instead of getting a record amount of money for a goalkeeper they're just probably going to let her walk for free when the season ends and it's that's not only is that just like bad business for no reason it's also like just mistreating your players yeah and i i that is something that i think you look around the world in women's football if you can't get the memo that it's time to start treating players better uh, I don't know what sport you're watching. And Manchester United is specifically. <laughs> uh, I don't have to tell you what controversies they're dealing with on the men's side because they have so many because they're a terribly run club that has a lot of bad people involved with it. <laughs> um, but unfortunately for Mary Earps, she's kind of being in the limbo now where she's going to be held hostage perhaps for a year before letting go- being let go. 
supposedly to go to one of your biggest rivals in the league yeah. that you could make money off of. And this is quite honestly, this could be the best goalkeeper in the world. This is the Golden Glove from the 2023 World Cup. Yeah. This is the most informed keeper in the world, if we can say that. But I, I just don't understand it. it the, the mistreatment of players is what it keeps coming back to me. Like, how do, how do you not get it at this point? It's bad on a personal level and a business level. It makes it's, no it's, sense. It's literally Alessio Russo 2.0. Like the same thing just happened. They just don't just care. Just happened. They, they just don't care. They literally don't <laughs> care about, about the, the people who don their crest and make money for them and, and represent their club and actually play really well because like i said she's one of the best and in the world a ton of players are actually like are leaving right now i don't have the names in front of me but they are transferring a ton of players based on request and uh, it really is just going to end up being like ella tune versus the world if you look at this <laughs> roster so um good luck to men men you uh, as of right now mary Earps is on the roster and will be playing but uh there's another january transfer window uh so that'll be the next chance she has to to switch teams but we are going to bring it very uh, quickly back to Gotham FC. They have a matchup versus Washington. We kind of went over it, so I'm just going to briefly say what this means for the NWSL and the standings. Uh, the standings are so tight, and that's what makes the NWSL different from Super League, I think, because I, the play is just a lot more competitive uh, from top to bottom, in my opinion. Um, this Undo is, P. Yep. Five versus six, separated by one point. Gotham is five. Washington is six with a win. And a lot of help, Gotham could skyrocket as far as first, and with a loss, they can skyrocket down as far as out of the playoffs. So that should be a fun one. I'll be there. I'll be working. I, I work, for those who don't know, I work in media for Gotham FC, so I'm excited to be able to uh, root, cheer on the team. Hopefully uh, they secure their – they can't secure their spot in the playoffs, but they can make it really, really uh, a lot more likely. But the last thing we're going to talk about before – very brief fun segment is Coco Goff and Annabelle I know you're excited to talk about this I'm just gonna let you have it yeah uh Coco is very inspirational to me because she is younger than me um she is a fabulous tennis player I think she is a very strong role model to she's so funny she's <laughs> so funny so well media trained yes. she's so poised um especially she had to deal with the protesters in her semifinals match uh, for those who don't know, some climate protesters oh, I was um, there. interrupted her match. Literally glued to the floor. Literally glued themselves to the floor and had to be escorted out by security. So when I was there, I was like hearing like rumblings of this and I'm like, I'm not tweeting this because I know it's not true. I know somebody didn't take glue <laughs> and put it on their bare feet in concrete and glue themselves to the concrete and so i didn't tweet it out that could have been a great chance for me to get like break not break news but like be one of the first people to tweet it but it was so unbelievable i was like there's no way this happened yeah so i she she handled that with such grace um yeah. she you know acknowledged their frustrations but said i don't want that to happen during my <laughs> semifinals match um and she Fair. it's her first major title which this is just the basis for a wonderful career and you can't really compare anyone to Serena because Serena is the GOAT but mm -hmm. you know it's it's feels like we saw Serena go out and here comes Coco and it's great for the sport of tennis um and I want to give some love to Irina Sabalenka who uh she beat in the finals 
just great power from her. Uh, she's a monster. She, she's an absolute monster. She handled her loss with grace, um, and she's just another very fun and exciting player to watch. It's so, so much power behind the ball. Uh, when she's serving, it's reaching 110 miles per hour. It's absolutely insane. Um, but I think that's even more credit to Coco, that yeah. she could beat someone with that much power. Um, and, you know, we're just, I'm just looking forward to the rest of Coco's career and, and to see what, what she can do. And something that's super interesting about this win in particular is when I went to the media, the press conference after she won to punch her ticket to the finals, not the finals win, but, um, she said when I was like looking at this year as a whole, I was thinking like, this is just going to be like a stepping stone to next year this was not supposed to be a year she was going to be like competing for titles and stuff and then she did and then she goes out and wins so she said she was super right. surprised at her performance in this tournament and it really stars really just aligned in my opinion the stars did align and i'm not much of a tennis aficionado but it had me glued to my seat yep. no pun intended <laughs> watching oh my god sorry i had to i had to sneak that in there watching watching Coco Golf because she truly is an inspiration and I I do go back to like just her personality and her character apart from being like a world-class athlete she's also handled every situation with grace the whole thing with um the umpire the whole thing with the uh the protest from that and then to come away from the press conference and be like yeah I didn't think I was going to win this year this was about me setting up and getting better for next year just shows the mentality that she has in improving and always getting better and striving and you're never going to be able to make the Serena comparison mm -hmm. but the fact that we're all like in agreement and saying like this is maybe the next best we're ever going to get right at 19 years old <laughs> is so crazy but it's also like no one like it no one's taking it crazy as face value because we all kind of believe it. The craziest thing is when I look at Coco's stats and it says born in 2004. Yeah, what I is that? Like, oh, my Knife gosh. to the heart for me. <laughs> I am born in 2000. This is like a literal like, twisting the knife straight into my chest. But <laughs> good for her. I'm happy for her. Great American tennis player. I just wish she wasn't 19 years old because it makes <laughs> me feel like, you know, what am I doing? But... Great for Coco. Great for U.S. tennis, I think, just in general. Um, the future is looking good for American tennis players because, you know, you have, like, Ben Shelton, ben uh, mm -hmm. Tiafo, all. Uh, and great to see an American win on home soil. Her first exactly. first major title what, exactly. at home is awesome. Like She's I from said. The, from the East Coast. So just, yep. like, wrap it up with a bow. Like Amazing. I said, stars align. But we're going to finish this off with um, – we. Last year, we I'm just saying it, last year we did fun segments and we're going to do fun segments this year. And if you have a problem with it, you can turn off the podcast. But we are going to talk about, um, All In is a fan of, a friend. <laughs> All In is a friend of Taylor Swift, I would say. It, it might not be, it might be more parasocial friendship than actual friendship. But wow, right would, out of the comm class with that one. <laughs> I am a comm major. But, there you go. Um, we, in, in, our, in our minds, we like to think, we're friends of Taylor. So we like to talk about Taylor Swift when she's in the headlines and mm -hmm. she's in the headlines of sports. This is the perfect intersection, That's, I think. Like I, I <laughs> we were telling, we, we were selling this idea to James and James was like, what do you mean? I, this is my idea. Oh, that's right. Sorry. We were we were selling this idea to somebody that's not going to be named. And, and that person <laughs> was like, I don't know. This is like not women's sports, but I was like, but this is a woman who is a friend, a friend of all in, maybe even a best friend of all in. And she's in Some sports Some are saying news. sister. Some are saying sisters. I'm not going to say who, but uh, several, several some, people. Some have said it. It's some been said, said. It's been said out loud, and I've heard it. But Taylor Swift, in the news, she might be dating Travis Kelsey, who 
I listen to his podcast. He's a great guy, funny guy. <laughs> I am shipped this so hard. <laughs> Annabelle, I'm super positive on Let's this dish. train. What are you thinking? I'm positive on it. Like, I would love if it happened. I'm very skeptical, though. Oh. So, for those who don't know the lore, um, at Taylor's Era's concert, um, Travis Kelsey at Arrowhead Stadium, Travis Kelsey gave Taylor a friendship bracelet, which is like a big thing with the Eras, the Eras tour, tour. Um, gave her a friendship bracelet with his number on it. And uh, I don't know if it ever got to her or something, but rumor has it because of that they have now hung he out. He mentioned it on his podcast yes. that it never got to her, but people, the podcast is very famous. So, so maybe it got back to her. Exactly. So my only thing that I'm like, mm, maybe it's not true, on a recent podcast... Travis wore a John Mayer shirt, a John Mayer t-shirt, who is famously one of Taylor's most infamous ex. I had no idea. I don't know if he was doing it to be funny or- That's such, you know, that's a Travis Kelsey type joke. Yeah, he's a funny guy. It could be. And I think, and I, I, look, I- I don't know her personally, but she is a friend of the show. Unlike Annabelle and I. <laughs> I feel like I feel like maybe that's sort of her sense of humor too. Yeah. You know? Maybe yeah, she'd well, find that she, silly she as has, like a little Easter yeah. egg. She, she likes she likes teasing. Right. Exactly. And she has said that she wants fans to back off John oh, yeah. Mayer. So this who knows? Listen, I mean, as friends of Taylor Swift by being on all in, we would like we can't say if we know or not, but all we can say is that if it is true, we support and Taylor it's, Swift. it's perfect in. for all in. Exactly. Oh, all we're all in. We're, we're all, all in, in on, on Kelsey on Swift. And, yeah. <laughs> we're all in on Kelsey Swift. Well, I can't imagine a better way to end this podcast in than that specific sentence, so I'm not going to try. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode with some Liberty playoffs and maybe some more women's soccer. Until next time, All In is a production of WFUV Sports. Mm-hmm.